from the director of Vampire Boys comes a movie with actual personality, but less penises. I'm Nato Kitch, and tonight we look at the teen drama First Period, but because you can't have a teen movie without friends, I'm joined by two teenage stereotypes perfect for any secondary character needs. First up, she invented post-it notes, or at least the glue from them, it's Amelia. <laughs> I don't think you have any idea how perfect that is for what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I am the uh, stereotypical kind of outcast C-group girl who thought that she went, had a really intense fashion sense in high school, but really everyone laughed behind her back. And after having a... Uh, <laughs> After having a stellar second act, she goes back to her high school reunion and shoves in all the popular girls' faces that she's infinitely cooler and less pregnant than they are. My name's Amelia, and I can be found at the Nefarious Navigator on Instagram. Good for you. Who's living? Literally Next. just the plot of Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. <laughs> Next. It's okay. I did soul food last week. You can have one. Next up, they pray every morning this will be a normal field trip. It's Ro. Hi, I'm Ro, and I'm the snarky homosexual that finds out your secret in Act 2 and then tells it to everybody so that the truth can be out in the open and the healing and loving process can begin. So what you're saying... You can saying find me at <laughs> Row on Twitch. So what you're saying is that I, I, I predicted both of y'all's perfectly. Yes. I mean... <laughs> Kinda, yeah. <laughs> First period is a dialogue-heavy comedy with a small cast, so a lot of the enjoyment is going to be if you enjoy awkward situations and the style of Rocky Bullwinkle, which I know, so I, I, I certainly do. I own three copies of the movie. Um, but let's get to the plot, so spoilers ahead, here we go. Cassie Glenn, totally rocking superstar extraordinaire, you're welcome, has just moved to a town and is about to turn 16. After meeting fellow outcast Maggie, the two decide to become popular by winning the talent show and having the most rockingest super sweet 16 ever. But the most popular girls in school, both named Heather, don't want that to happen and try to sabotage them and their friendship. Who will win? Who will lose? Will Cassie get her super sweet 16 and her man, who might be a Dracula? Will Maggie become more? Uh, will Maggie become more than a coat rack? We'll find out as we discuss first period. I I think the best way I can describe this movie is Romeo and Michelle meets Tu Wong Fu. How did you two like this movie? <laughs> um, I think that's very accurate. <laughs> like like this movie is is putting it a bit strongly. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, I have so many mixed feelings about this movie because some of the dialogue is amazing and some of the characters are like super, super great. But also, like, I'm one of those people that suffers very much from like shared anxiety when watching movies. Like, whenever like anything embarrassing or anxiety-inducing is happening on screen, like, I feel that urge to fast-forward or to, like, pause and walk away for five or ten minutes. So, watching a lot of this movie was, like, pulling out nails. <laughs> so you're saying the pregnancy test scare scene was probably, like, oh, a heart yeah, attack. Oh, yeah, the pregnancy test 
The pregnancy test scene, I managed to watch all the way through while staring at my screen, but, you know, it, it wasn't fun. <laughs> that one was actually kind of rough. Uh, although, having, having said that, there is a lot that's great about this movie. There is. I personally love cringe comedy, so this movie was... Like, one thousand percent up my alley. <laughs> like I'm not, ag- I'm not against cringe comedy. I'm just like, you know, if if the situation is going to be at all like embarrassing or like, I don't like. Okay, I'm not against cringe comedy. I promise. I, I th- <laughs> but like, you have to realize, you know, it. Uh, it's it just is so weird for me, and I know that I'm not the only one because people out there talk about this shit all the time. I, I think that this goes a little bit like it's kind of like a, a cringe comedy plus in a way because it just like oh, it, yeah. it does it ignores like the extreme role where like you stop at some point and like there are scenes yeah, where it just keeps pushing through like everything and then like in some scenes like the thing is like they go over the line and they kind of like back up just a little bit it's like oh wait we haha we went over the line which uh some there's i think the rap battle scene is the only scene i found that was just like Oh yeah, that too was much really for me. But like the yeah, rest of the it, yeah, the rap battle scene. <laughs> the rap battle scene is um. That that's something else. <laughs> but like for the but like I I I absolutely adore this movie. Um, but I think we need to tackle the biggest topic, uh, which is why the hell aren't there any penises in this movie? I, I know, right? Like- I would like to uh, submit my dissent to that opinion. (laughs) Brett is very clearly making a paper mache penis in the art class scene. You know what I mean. So there's at least one technical penis. If, if you if you if you want to go further, the goblin painting in the in, in the same scene uh, from in the beginning where the art teacher comes in also has a penis drawn on it. There we go. See, but but I'm talking about like I'm talking about human penises, <laughs> real penises. I okay, know. I to, know. To be fair, to be fair, this is a movie about high schoolers. So that might make it feel a bit awkward for most people watching this movie. All the rest of you, I see you, and your existence makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> but the, this feels like a two-penis rule movie, like, besides the setting, you know? It does. Oh, yeah, no, I, I absolutely said that in my notes. Like, any movie that begins with the words, Hey, Diary, it's me, Cassie. Like... That's the setup for a two-penis movie if I have ever seen one. Speaking of two-penis movies, did y'all like the eating out cameo? Your silence means that you... Yeah, uh, the actress... I must have have not noticed it. Yeah, me either. The actress uh, who plays Tiffany in Eating Out was the... um, was uh, the 50s era uh, PSA uh, mother who gets pregnant and has a baby. Oh, my God, you're right. That's why she you're looked kidding. familiar. You're kidding. That was my beloved Vander Sloot. That was her. 
Oh how dare how dare you not recognize your not queen, re- queen? I'm ashamed. Go to the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the corner. <laughs> Go to the straight corner. Not even the curved one. I'll just Oh, oh! You've been shunned. You've been shunned. No, but there's a <laughs> my queen. <laughs> there's a lot of good cast members in this. Uh, some more easily recognizable, I guess, than Tiffany Vandersloot from five movies we watched. Okay, so uh, technically can, only four. Can you blame? Oh, no, can you blame Cassie for having a thing for Dracula's <laughs> when her mom is literally Elvira, mistress of the dark, and the director of this one did do uh, Vampire Boys, so you know there's that too. Oh, right. not Vampire Boys two, but Vampire Boys one. <laughs> One of the blandest vampire but yeah, we, <laughs> ever made. We, we, By the way, we did an episode on Vampire Boys 1, <laughs> and if you want to listen to it, you can. It's probably on the streaming platform you're listening to right now. But yeah, we got El- Cass- Cassandra Peterson, who was Elvira. We got uh, uh, character actress Judy Tenuta. We have Diane Salinger. Um, just, we have... I forget his name, but discount David Arquette. Um, there's <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of great character actors in this film, uh, and it's just like and a lot of great characters, and most of them are women, right? This film is like a who's who of like underrated actresses. Definitely. Um, who who was your favorite sort of like secondary character? Oh man. I actually, um, I thought the thing between other Heather and the guy who taught, um, the, the women's body class, like, that whole situation to me was extremely hilarious. Yeah, agreed. That was so funny. The notes they were throwing at each other. (laughs) You hungry daddy? The fact that... The fact that he put a movie on and then stuck his tongue in her ear, like... Uh, <laughs> amazing. That whole, that whole situation was A+. Um, mine would have to have been Dirk. I guess he counts as a secondary character, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Mine was definitely Dirk. I just thought Wait, I, there was something was charming about Dirk him. Dirk was... Dirk was the stupid one, right? Yeah. Also, yeah, fun fact, he's, he's uh, Lance Bass's husband. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yep, that's Lance Bass's you're husband. Kid- you're kidding. <laughs> so, so many gay icons in this movie. <laughs> you got Elvira. You got Lance Bass's husband. You got the director of Vampire Boys. You got... Uh, the writer who has like a number three in his name, you know all the gay icons. Oh, and, gay- like surprisingly, a whole bunch of people from Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's um let let's talk about the main characters for a second. So let's start out with the one, the only Cassie Glenn, totally rockin' superstar extraordinaire. You're welcome. <laughs> What'd y'all think of her? 
think Totally Rocking Superstar Extraordinaire, You're Welcome, is about the only way to refer to yourself. Agreed. <laughs> like, I everybody wish... should be blessed with that level of self-confidence. I wish I had her self-confidence dealing with my high school bu- bullies. Oh, same. The way they Except tried like to... middle school. Right. Like, the way they tried to diss her, and she'd just be like, oh, like, what? There's beef? Like, I want some. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I, I loved her. I, I liked Cassie a lot. She gave me all the awkward teen theater kid energy that I also had as a kid. Although, like, her approach to romance was, like, way over the top. <laughs> yeah, like, I agree with if that. You're, if you're going in for a kiss, the initial attack should not involve that much. <laughs> That's true. But, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure plenty of high school, middle school people approach it that way because they don't know any better. Oh. <laughs> made the exact same mistake. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, so I'm going to just put a warning here for the next story. Uh, just a, a small anecdote. So I was in college and um, basically this uh, this guy came over to my dorm room um, and um, basically... Uh, he he told me when he got there, like, he had never kissed a guy before and asked if we could kiss. And so, um, his tongue m- missed my mouth more than it hit it. I think at one point, it, I think at one point it was just, like, in my nostril. Uh, and then, oh, and then he vomited on me. Um. <laughs> There's nothing hotter, literally, than a guy who goes in for the kiss and then licks your entire face. And then vomits on you. <laughs> uh, that I sounds terrible. I want to know how the second date went. <laughs> I want to know how the second date went. There was no second date. <laughs> Speaking of second date, let's talk about the BFF, Maggie. I kind of loved Maggie, too. You mean too. a queen? You yeah. Mean a queen? <laughs> the best, honestly. The way she turned everything so dark and into, like, a murder reference, like, I feel that to this day in my soul because I do that shit, so, you know. Plan B, I love you mean her. we. Plan then, B, you mean we kill them? And then we kill them. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Maggie, we're not killing anybody. Oh, no. <laughs> And apparently we almost got a completely different version of Maggie because I remember something in the director's commentary about how, like, originally she was just dying from something and she wasn't as psychotic. So they just made her terminally ill. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Com- so that was just been a completely different Maggie. You don't say. <laughs> A, a different a Maggie who's dying in a different way, you could say. Uh. Yeah, this Maggie is dying of thirst. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like how like she's actually somehow more expressive and cartoony than Cassie at points. 
Like, of course, she has, like, the rapping thing, but also, like, at one point, she's just, like, uh, sort of, like, taunt... She's... The running joke is that she's, like, taunting the teacher, and at one point, she has, like, her shirt off, and she's, like, mimicking him, like, breastfeeding on her. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. And, like, that's something I yeah. could not see Cassie doing, but it's totally something I could see Maggie doing. Because we did see it, literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I think Maggie is just, like, socially inept enough to get away with, like, doing and saying things that almost nobody else in the movie can. We give Maggie a pass, because Maggie is fine, Also because she's supposed to be invisible, like... (laughs) Right? They literally refer to her in the beginning of the movie as a coat What if Maggie is invisible? What if Maggie is Cassie's invisible friend? Well, that doesn't hold up because the Heathers interact with Maggie one-on-one, like, multiple times. <laughs> okay, well, fine. Just throw away <laughs> my imperfect That thought. was a major plot point, okay? <laughs> Divide and conquer. <laughs> what if they were just pretending to just, like, break Cassie psychologically? <laughs> you know? What if Maggie is the collective hallucination of an entire high school? Oh, God. <laughs> no, there's a twist. <laughs> uh, from everything we've said, this movie does seem pretty, for lack of a better term, like, straight. Um, do you think that this movie is actually that gay? Gee, Nato, I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> it's almost like it was. It's almost like you suggested it for the talking points or something. <laughs> I mean, right? I I absolutely did. <laughs> I feel so called out. <laughs> no, I mean, for all intents and purposes, this movie like reads as an incredibly gay movie. Because your two main characters are both, like, guys in drag. Spoiler alert, by the way. We haven't mentioned this up to this point, I don't think. But <laughs> Cassie and Maggie are played by guys in drag. What? And... No way! No. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> so, that and some of, like, their dialogue and, like, the, the way that they talk to each other reads as incredibly gay, but at the same time, at its core, um, this movie is about four girls and the drama between them and their endless pursuit of seemingly heterosexual relationships. Like, would you say that this is this is? Would you would you say this is one of the most accessible movies we've seen for like uh, non queer audience? Absolutely not. What are you yeah, about? definitely this not. As hell. This movie's gay as hell. <laughs> so all that to say that this movie is still gay. <laughs> I mean, at its core, yeah. But like, and it presents itself as a very straight gay movie. But like, everything about the... The, the way that it's filmed and the way that the characters act and like the subtext between Dirk and the other one who's yeah. mean. Um, <laughs> everything about this movie reads like so, so queer. 
Also, like, the fact that Elvira's in it. I mean, every time she's on screen, she just, like, oozes queer energy. That's like, so true. I don't, think, I don't think she can even help it at this point. Much. So, like, yeah, this movie's gay as hell, and I don't think straight people would get it. I mean, I think they would, like, understand. Eh, straight people eh, maybe should not watch this movie. <laughs> I don't think they'd get Let's it. Let's compare this movie to sort of like other <laughs> contemporary movies and the sort of female-driven teen comedy genres. Off the top of my head, totally not a movie that I've had uh, fantasies about, you know, replacing the main character with myself in. Uh, John Tucker Must Die. Uh, so... What do you think that this movie sort of adapts from sort of more female-driven comedies like John Tucker Must Die, Mean Girls, that whole wave of uh, teen comedies? Mm -hmm. I think it's like a really male perspective on that genre. I would agree with that. You can you can definitely see the influences, but like it's obvious that it was written by gay men for gay men, whereas movies like John Tucker Must Die and Mean Girls are very like they're very beloved by the queer community, but they're also more accessible in their point of view. I mean, you really could say that John Tucker Must Die was written by straight people for specifically me and no one else. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I've only ever seen, like, the first half of John Tucker Must Die, and even that was only in passing. (laughs) I remember being obsessed with it in high school. I've never seen it, actually, so... I saw it in high school, I was obsessed with it, and then I got it in college again, and I just kind of tuned out after, like, the shirtless basketball scene uh, with the thong. So, like, uh, I think I think that pretty much sums up, like, how well it's aged in my mind. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, this movie is somewhat of a cult classic, and I, I think a lot of that is due to the rapid-fire dialogue, the shock humor, the randomness, mm-hmm. uh, sort of, like... Uh, the voice that this movie has is just very unique compared to a lot of other comedies we've seen. Um, and very, very polished. And very, like, I, all of the punchlines have that punch in them, you know? Like, they're delivered pretty flawlessly. Um, but there, there is one thing that I kind of notice that uh, I really appreciate about this movie, especially compared to other, like... Uh, comedies starring teen girls as opposed to teen comedies starring boys these girls are horny as fuck (laughs) 24-7 you know what that reminded me of that particular aspect Uh, Superstar oh yeah and how uh What's her name and Molly Shannon's character always like just kind of fucking having these weird like awkward sexual ish fantasies about like the boys that they're crushing on? Wasn't it Will Ferrell that she was crushing on? Yes. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Some, really? Someone finds oh my god. someone finds Will Ferrell extremely like 
sexiest man alive, and that person, unfortunately, I guess, is not me. <laughs> I hope. I, is that unfortunate? I genuinely hope so. I genuinely hope so. Will Ferrell deserves love. I mean, he's, he seems happy. He's, he seems like, you know, he's, he seems like he is an extremely... He seems like a silly adult man-baby who's really got his shit together. Yeah, and is very, very good at what he does. But he is unfortunately not my type. But that's just me. Everyone has, you know, things they like and they don't like. Um, this film has a really <laughs> small cast, too, which is about, like, 10 yeah. to 20 people. Uh, which I, I think that's I, that's one of my main complaints is that just the the scope of this movie is very small because, like, the only real students we have are the Heathers, their boyfriend, Cassie, Maggie, and one girl from sex ed class. Oh, and uh, rap, yeah. a, uh, uh, rap star as well. And oh, that, yeah. those two random guys who, like, walk in the back of that one scene, and they're like, you stupid sluts! Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> they found their underwear in the back of some dude's car. I was like, just trying to check... to any teen ever. I was just checking if you could hear me. No need to be rude, bitch. <laughs> I've forgotten all about that scene until now. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I feel like there could have been like more characterization to the background characters, maybe. Because uh, there's very little, like, uh, to compare it to Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion, uh, there's a pretty small cast in that as well uh, for like the main focus. But, like, all the background characters, all the secondary characters are very, very distinct uh, in their sort of, like, looks and their identity. So you can, like, easily pick up on that. <clears throat> and I didn't get really that from this movie. I know that wasn't really, like, the focus right. or anything. Or there wasn't any, like, you know, oh, this person's dressed as Beetlejuice kind of jokes. Um, I would have liked more scenes with uh, the other guy from the rap battle. Right? Because he seemed like a genuinely interesting character. Like, he's out on the quad having fun, and then he's at the end of the movie introducing himself, and then the only other time we see him is at the pool party, in a gag about how he has a really big popsicle, y'all. <laughs> I think my favorite scene, like, conceptually, uh, is the very first art uh, class scene. Because, like... Oh uh, in the director's commentary, they mentioned how the art class is literally like every single like artistic class that you could have in high school like rolled into one, which is why there's like painting, there's sculpture, and it's really well done because like you also have theater in there. Uh, Dirk is like rehearsing with theater kids in the back of it for like no reason, and he's wearing like a matador uh, uh, like coat and stuff. And just, like, every single right. person in, in this, you can tell, is, like, for this specific, like, aspect of art. Like, you have, like, the the outcast painter. You have, like, the theater kids. You have Cassie and Maggie, who don't really know what to do. You have... <laughs> Brett? What's his name? Brett, yeah. You have... The blonde one? Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, Brett with the penis. And isn't it also true to life that you have just one room at your school that functions as every arts classroom? My arts classroom no. was going out to the football field to repaint the lines on the football field. My my high school was actually supposed to be a magnet school for the arts, so we all had like really nice art facilities. <laughs> Oh, look at Amelia. I went to a high school with arts facilities and funding. Oh, my God. That that couldn't have been in Texas. Okay, but here's the thing, though. What a representative experience. Here's the thing that makes it even less representative of average Texas high schools. Our football team sucked. (laughs) I don't want to bust your bubble, Amelia, but all Texas football teams sucked. I don't know about the sports ball, okay? Y'all saw that divine meme that I sent you earlier about the fucking giant bowl of pho that happens today. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, For those of you who are listening to this, hi. Also, by the way, the amount of of which we care about sports ball can be clearly displayed by the fact that as I'm doing this, my roommates are in the other room watching the Super Bowl. You have roommates? <laughs> they were roommates! <laughs> oh my god, they were roommates. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It really shows you where our kid priorities are. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> now, what about those rare art kids that, like, started on, like, a football scholarship or a sports ball or a scholarship and then, like, got into art, like, Joel McHale or something. Uh, Do they count? (laughs) So great. We should all be Joel McHale and be, like, genuinely interesting and good-looking and have a personality outside of the arts. And then just, like... I don't believe in that. Oh, no. Now I'm famous for acting. Whoever would have guessed. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, we don't have anything against Joel McHale. For all I know, he's a great person. Oh, we stand Joe McHale here. He is... <laughs> this soup is everything that Tosh.0 wished it could be. Joe McHale is probably, like, I want I want to stand him. Let's... Joe McHale is a queer icon whether he likes it or calling not. Calling it right now... Joe. Calling it right now, Joe McHale, queer icon. Uh, <laughs> if only it was in a gay movie, then, you know, everything would be perfect. Um... <laughs> wow, gay movie, way to bring it right on back, Neo. <laughs> well, much like Tosh 2.0, uh, sorry, Tosh.0, what would you say is the weakest part of this film? Mm, I think I would probably have, um, I think I probably would have enjoyed this film more if they hadn't decided to, like, take it up to 11 for, like, every single joke. Yeah, that's true. It just kind of became a lot after a certain point. Uh, what What are probably your least favorite jokes that they took to Eleven? Mm, the pregnancy test thing. That which, one, yeah, that but, one was a little yeah, much for me. Yeah, but if, if water sports is not your thing... Then go ahead and fast forward. So I think you. I watched it so that you didn't have to. I think you. Me- but like, 
<laughs> think you mean water sports If you're ball. into that sort of... <laughs> if you're into water sports, please, by all means, like, keep it running. No like, kink shaming keep, here. Keep it running like they no did. No kink shaming here. No kink... <laughs> <laughs> How in the world, how in the world did they get so much piss into that scene? <laughs> it was an unpleasant uh, amount. It was an unpleasant it was, amount. It was, a, it was an unpleasant amount of piss. It reminded me of uh, um, um, the end of Freddy Got Fingered um, <laughs> with the elephants. Uh, if... if if you've seen Freddy Got Fingered, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen Freddy Got Fingered, I'm not sure I would recommend it just to see the elephant scene. Um, but also, I, I am referencing Freddy Got Fingered for the elephant scene. Uh, wh- <laughs> <laughs> Amelia, wh- wh- which joke do you think took it too far for you? Um, I definitely agree with the water sports scene. Um, also... The the end of the rap battle, like the rap battle went ever so slightly too long for me. And the I'm going to rape you, I'm going to rape you joke, like kind of wasn't necessary. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree I think that up until then, up until then, it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Okay. I totally agree. I think like joking about rape goes a little bit too far. And at least in most cases, they have the decency to be like, whoa, that was a little much, or whatever, but um, if you realize then that it's a little much, maybe you like, have the foresight to realize that's a little much before you say it? Yeah, edit, it, edit that one out. <laughs> the, the, I think yeah, the th- like, let, let your brain take care of that one. Just, like, shove it back on in I think there. the thing for me is I didn't really have, like, a, whoa, that's too much kind of... Some of the characters had that reaction, but the main character specifically... Maggie didn't seem to realize she went over the line, and Cassie was like, oh, I can't understand, uh, like, rhyming, I think, was the line. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I... Th- I th- Cassie is playfully oblivious of everything that is wrong about this movie. One thousand percent, yeah. So I think, I think if I had, I think if this movie had to be redone, that's like, if I had to choose one thing to take out, it would just be like cut the rap battle just a little bit sooner, because like that's Agreed. that's the only thing that really made me like uncomfortable. Uh, I agreed. I, I was, fu- I mean. I was fine with the pregnancy test scene because it feels like, like I said, it, it feel it feels like the natural progression of things. But also, I feel like that entire there for me, like I like I love a lot of the jokes, but also a lot of the jokes just seem kind of tacked on in a way. So, like the rap battle scene went too far, whereas the pregnancy test scene seemed to me like the natural extension of like American pie where the dude sticks his yeah. dick in a cherry pie. Agreed. Like, but that like it's like that kind of joke turned up to eleven and I can see the humor in that more than like 
I'm joking about rape. Right. What I was getting at, though, was that, like, you can take out that entire, like, thing with the pregnancy test. Like, you could, like, like I was saying about, like, just being tacked on, you could take out that entire scene and it wouldn't change, like, the plot or anything because they don't really talk about it afterwards anymore. Uh, no, and it all gets resolved by her, like, having her period anyways, it, so, like... It's like it's it's a complete different it's it's the opposite route of like of absurdist outcomes for example so like an absurdist outcome is a scene with uh, Judy Tenuta uh, and the fortune teller uh, because like we have the answer uh, we are we the audience already know why no kids are at school our main characters do not know except for Cassie who is withholding this information via the flyer that she got. Um, the absurdist outcome is that she knew she she knew the answer the entire time, and so everything we've seen in the scene basically doesn't really need to have happened. We get more character depth and more character information about Cassie and Maggie, their quirks and who they are, and building on their friendship through this scene. So it is essential, but like something like uh, the pregnancy test scene. Absolutely, like, it's not essential. Because um, it's like, what do we learn about their friendship from the scene? It's like, I, they're willing to go through extremes for each other like they have before. And how much water did she drink? She drank, like, three glasses. And pissed that much? Have you, have you drank three glasses of water and then gone to take a piss? It's a lot. You know, you know, the last time that I drank three glasses of water in a short amount of time was probably years ago. By the way, for our listeners, it's important to drink water. So, you know, drink, drink water. water. Don't be like me. Don't be like Real me. gay anarchists drink water, especially before yoga and erotic cooking. I'm, I'm a fake gay anarchist. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, I live in Colorado. I only drink beer. Craft beer. <laughs> Beer's not water? I was born in, I was born in Texas, so I only drink Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper's not water? Uh, Dr. Pepper has water in it, actually, so yes, it's technically water. Water water is one of the twenty-three flavors. What are you waiting for? Go drink a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> This stream is not sponsored by Dr. Pepper. <laughs> but but we could beer. be. We make oh, great ads. Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper, if you want to send us some money, we will pitch the hell out of your soda. <laughs> Even though I tried the cream soda, and it's not all that like everybody says it is. Um, Let's be honest. Dr. Pepper, can you move me over to the side for a second, please? Um, since you're listening to this... Uh, everyone else, don't listen to this. Um, this is just for Dr. Doc- right, Amelia and I okay. are going... Amelia and I are going to talk about Olympic figure skating while you do this. So, hey, yeah. hey, Dr. Pepper, so, like, a few years ago, like, that Spider-Man movie came out that I didn't see because I didn't see, like, the first five. I stopped after Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire, so I didn't want to be behind, so I didn't see it. But you released this Dr. Pepper with, like, a Spider-Berry, Mystery-Berry thing. It was really, really good, and I, I figured out, like, last year it was, like, Blackberry mixed in. Could you maybe, like, bring that back? Because it was really good. Um, that'd be really cool. Uh, also, I didn't see this Spider-Man either. Um, 
but I'll, I'll I promise I promise you if you bring her back, I will get caught up on all the Spider Mans, uh, starting with Spider Man three. So you know, just <laughs> help a gay out. I miss my Barry. <laughs> um, so what would you say? Like the Spider Man and Amelia. It sounds to me like you have a lot of feelings about Moulin Rouge. <laughs> I hate Moulin Rouge. That fucking program needs to be retired as program music. Why is everybody skating to Moulin Rouge? If you're listening to this podcast and you still skate to Come What May, why? So it's, it's like one of those iconic songs everyone skates to. I hate it. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. We, are you done? Are you done, Nato? Did you talk to? Yeah, Dr. we ta- I talked to Doctor. <laughs> Did you confess your feelings? Yeah. So much like the much like the mystery berry Doctor Pepper flavor, uh, uh, what was the best part of this movie for you? What's this about mystery berry? Don't, don't think about I'm sorry, it. Sorry, I wasn't <laughs> listening to you. <laughs> what was the best part of this movie for y'all? I have an answer um, for you in my notes. um okay so one of my favorite things about this movie um besides the fact that they use like anything as as an excuse to make Dirk take his shirt off um is the fact that like throughout the movie it subtly implied that Cassie was like kidnapped as a baby by Cassandra because she couldn't get pregnant and she really really wanted a kid (laughs) Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, was I muted for that? Can we talk about this for a bit? <laughs> was that the best thing about this movie for you? Um, I don't know if it was the best thing, but it was absolutely one of my favorite things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, being Elvira's daughter, I, I think I would be all for that, you know? I think everyone was a winner in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call me mommy. Her original parents, her original parents won because they didn't have to put up with her bullshit. Call me That's mommy. So... <laughs> um, what about you? Uh, I think. Oh, sorry. Oh. What about you, Amelia? My favorite part is just all the fucking one-liners in this show or in this movie. Like the way that they all just kind of. Uh, What's it called? Like, all the jokes are so dry. I think in your oh notes you kind of, like, said that this gives you Monty Python vibes. And like, I can I think agree. of exactly two jokes in this movie that aren't dry. Oh, I don't have a cat? <laughs> and one of them involves... And one oh, of them God! Involves one of them entire involves... water bottle full of piss! <laughs> uh, and the second one, immediate, <laughs> uh, admittedly, is my favorite joke in the movie. <laughs> when they're at the pool party... <laughs> And they turn to each other and they say, Plan B, shit in the pool. <laughs> and they push oh, the two yeah. feathers into the pool. That was so good. <laughs> that, to me, like, I had to pause the movie, walk away, come back and rewatch it. I think that was so like, good. <laughs> that was a mic drop if I ever heard one. That was a really good setup, too, you know, because that was like a whole, like... Uh, 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 like back and forth before they even got to that yeah, point. They spent a whole, they spent a whole three minutes talking about whether or not they should actually shit in the pool <laughs> before they made this joke. So like, 
the payoff was like doubly satisfying. Yeah, there's some amazing one-liners like, "Oh, I don't have a cat." Um, <laughs> um, uh, but like, I think I, one of my favorite I, I, ones I, I wrote down was uh, Burt Reynolds <laughs> orgasm salad. <laughs> Burt Reynolds orgasm salad. When she like what for what? Four yeah. words that you would never imagine coming together in the same sentence, much I, less right next to each other. Speaking of coming together. I heard that line, and I was just like, I need to find a way to add that into my daily lexicon. <laughs> I think my favorite joke, uh, it's so stupid. Um, they're told by the teacher in sex ed to name their vaginas. And so Heather's like, I think I'd name mine Heather. And I just, like, instinctively yell at, so you have two best friends named Heather now? <gasps> I guess it's more like a callback favorite thing. <laughs> Amazing. Man, I adore a movie with callbacks. This is another, I feel like this is another one we should shadowcast. We should, do, we should do it. Like, this one and... I think my favorite... <laughs> My favorite name for a vagina that I've ever heard came from the most recent Smosh Try Not to Laugh video when Courtney Miller comes out with an entire list of names for her vagina, and the last one is Dragon Ball V. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Amazing. I'm mad I laughed at that. Um... <laughs> What was the other movie we were going to shadow cast? I forgot. <laughs> was it Dorian Blue? No, no, no. It was, it was later than that. Uh, oh, man. I... Uh, was it Queer Duck? We've... That would be fun, but I don't <laughs> think it was. What do you think that Cassie and Maggie are up to today? Um... To be honest, I think they're still probably single besties who are in endless pursuit of seemingly heterosexual relationships. Although, I think Maggie, like, has this every once in a while thing with the guy that she had the rap battle with because real recognizes real. <laughs> you don't think... They, they have like, a reality show on TLC. <laughs> yeah. That's where they, they are like, today. <laughs> they don't admit to banging each other, but they totally do. Right, and that's like the big drama vein throughout all the seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more like a will they, do they? No, um, they're just friends, okay? They, they're roommates. They're roommates. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, they're roommates. Wait, did Maggie get adopted when she had to call... Uh, Cassie's mom, mommy. I hope so. <laughs> she, it kind she of just seems abs- that way. She just absorbs new daughters. Like El- Elvira's, like ready to kidnap again. <laughs> uh, She's just looking for an excuse. I, I want to see a movie about Cassandra Peterson, like just ki- kidnapping and absorbing children. And it's a musical, and it's called The Sound of Music 2. <laughs> the Sound of Music 2, Electric Boogaloo. Oh my god. 
<laughs> I'm so ashamed of myself right now. You should. <laughs> all right, I think that I, I I think that covers the film. So let's just sum this all up. Uh, Amelia, uh, does this movie make you want to make a paper mache penis or drink whatever it is that Cassie made in the blender? I would never want to drink whatever the fuck it was that Cassie made in the blender. Let's get that something perfectly clear right now. Oh, she like 100% put comic cleaner in that blender. Yes. And like I think like just a dash, just a dash. Too. Just a dash. Um, but yeah, no, I would make a million paper mache penises while watching this movie. To make up for the lack of actual penises in this movie, of course. Ro, does this movie make you want to aspire yes. to be a totally rockin' superstar extraordinaire? You're welcome. Or have a female sex ed class with knockoff <laughs> David Arquette. Alright, to be fair, both of those sound like an amazing time. I would sit in the back of that classroom and make fun of him the entire time. <laughs> but, like... To be honest, I think everybody needs some totally rockin' superstar extraordinaire, you're welcome, energy in their life. Um, and, I mean, if you're, if you enjoy a movie that goes for shock humor and really, like, leans into it, then, you know, have at it. (laughs) Yeah. If you asked me to watch this movie again, I would probably, like, roll my eyes and then say, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. My entire recording wasn't recording, so I guess we have to watch this again. No! (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyway, that's what we think. But if you've seen this movie or ended up watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and hear your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at GayAcapod, that's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, one of us suggests a movie for us to watch in the future. We're always looking for new suggestions. We can't wait to experience more movies with you. I'm Nato Kitch, reminding you to always befriend the psychotic students. That's how I met these two. And so should you. Later. (laughs) Later.